Welcome to The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pam, and I'll be joining you every week alongside my girls, Denise and Cousin Dan. Every episode, we'll be having real conversations, including the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Although we are three women in different stages of our lives, one single, one married, and one divorced, we can still share our experiences together with love, faith, and a glass of wine in hand, of course. We know you're going to enjoy listening in and riding along this journey we call life with us together. Listen in as we talk, as we get real, and as we get raw. Here we are. Sheer Therapy. Hello. Hey guys, so we're back to yet another episode of the hot seat with sheer therapy podcast. And it's me again, Pam. And we got my girl, Denny and cousin Dan. And today we're talking about your favorite three letter word, sex. Let's talk talk about about sex, baby. baby. (laughs) Like old grandmas, like 75. Well, I am a drunken grandmother. Golden girl sex. Well, um, if you guys don't know that song, Salt and Peppa were out in our age. We, I don't know how old you guys are listening, but if you don't know Salt and Peppa, you just don't know. Salt and Peppa is actually older than us. Yeah. So basically today we wanted to talk about sex, that word that you know, there's a lot of topics we can talk about sex because like for us, for example, if you're like a church girl, ooh, sex is forbidden. Or like if you're married, is it married sex, dating sex, um, one night stand sex. But in this episode, we are going to actually tackle some of the sex that can be unhealthy, where it's like you're using sex to cope with some underlying pain or you're using sex to um, feel like you're wanted or you're doing it just to do it. But there's some other things going on down in there. And uh, you can probably connect it from the previous episodes when we talked about, you know, like toxic relationships going through a loss and how we cope. So I mean, I'm just going to keep it real. And uh, yes, I'm married. And my husband knows about a lot of the uh, people, demons, whatever you want to call them of my past. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) there was quite a few. And, you know, he doesn't judge me. And if he does, I don't care because I told him and it's me and it made me me. And I like to um, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
Yeah. Does he not judge you because he doesn't fully know the extent? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I told him what the number. Stories you told him that he's not judging you on. He doesn't know the stories. He just knows I the amount. I don't think. I don't. Think I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think he doesn't know. You know, guys. Next time you're at my house, you can just ask him. Yeah, but but should he, but should he judge though? Should he has called me a slew in the past, but, but you wait know, a minute. is he not? Was he not a male slew? Yep, he was a damn male run around the town, ha- girls having different names. You know what constitutes a slew, though? What number do you have to get to to be a slew? I don't know. Do you think there's a number? And are you a slew if you went into it with a loving mentality? You know, like you thought it was it. You thought this was it. It was love, and poof, it wasn't. I don't believe in that word slew. I don't think so either. I think there's something like it's your body. Like, Dan, what do you think about this? For those who don't know what a slew is, it's a hoe. I don't believe in it. Use a hoe. Um, oh. uh, for me, I, um, so like Pam was saying in the previous episode, when we talked about having loss, I think when I first lost um, Wayne, I think I was being a slew straight up with no emotion. And just kind of using my body to numb pain. So I didn't want to feel alone. I liked having like that male kind of, um, that male partner. And like, I was young and I felt like, you know, you always need to have a boyfriend and you always have to give your body to like be wanted and liked and desired. So I was running through a lot of partners just recklessly. Um, and, um, I wasn't really putting like mind body and soul into it it was just like here's my body let's do this all right are we gonna Mm -hmm. get together and then as I got older I I it became more of a choice for me I became kind of empowered in my own as a woman in that it was a choice like I'm choosing to sleep with the men I'm sleeping with because I want it I want to I want it I desire it I'm a very sexual person almost like a hormonal 13 year old I guess you could say hormonal 13 year old boy she's sexual Dan is sexual person she's a sexual goddess being so have you like so have you always been sexual always I lost my virginity at 15 with Wayne so he was my first boyfriend and my first everything and we were together for most of high school I remember one of those days at his house I was there thanks yeah and then from 20 to like 35 I just slowed down in my sexualness over the last few years it's time to kind of zip it up and pick and choose and be discerning of who you let enter your body mm-hmm. but um I really owned it for the last 20 years because I just thoroughly enjoyed it and I kept meeting men and I'm like god there's so many men how do you pick one you know what pick all have all mm-hmm. why not it's like a candy store and why, it's just why a do, lot why of do men always enjoyable. get to go into the ice cream shop and yeah, that, it was just a lot of fun, enjoyable experiences. Like I look back and I'm like, damn it, that was a good time. I think but now that I want I think, to settle down. I think um, now, like when you're saying that, I think like the reason why people have the label of being called a slew is because you don't own it and you let somebody else own it and then they mm-hmm. can come and use it against you. No, yeah. when you own something and you know that's what you are. Yo, you slew, girl. And that's the thing. And as long as you're honest about it, like I've been on good terms with most people I've slept with. Like if I see them today, Hey, how, like there's never anything weird. Cause you just like, you know, (laughs) that makes me did it. It is what it is. I'll see you tomorrow. I remember. I'll see you at work tomorrow. I remember a story when we threw, do you remember when we threw my mom's surprise 50th? That's um, 
I was at, at a condo, condo and we were coming up into the condo entrance and I just started seeing my husband at that point and a person of my past that I used to have casual evening visits with came outside to hold the door as we were coming in. And I was like, oh, shoot. Hey, what's up? And he was like, hey, girl, what's happening? I'm like, OK, a little small talk kept going. And I had to look at Kevin and be like, yeah, that's an ex booty call. <laughs> you slept with one, you slept with all. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I think I can identify with Danielle when when Alex died. Um, I think there was a good year after that where I just was lost. I, I didn't even know what life was after a certain point. It's traumatic. I was young. I was living in the house that he died in. And it was just a lot. I was making sure everybody else was okay, not myself. And then the following year when I finally moved out, it was just like, I then got into a relationship with somebody because they kind of reminded me of that. Like the look, I don't even know. It's just like you're, you're traumatized and you just end up with somebody who's like another waste of time, but it was wasting time to pass time. And then after that, I just broke the hell out. I mean, like we would get into cars, drive to New York because I met somebody on, um, oh my gosh, Black what Planet. was it called? Black, Black Planet. Planet meet them for the weekend, then go party, like face planted, drunk in clubs, like going home with the club owners, like then flying back then next week, flying to me. Like sometimes I wouldn't even remember a time that I hooked up. I had to think of like the trip, like, oh yeah, yeah the guy from the Miami trip. But it literally was, it was me trying to heal a piece of me that was taken. And when something is taken from you that early in your life and you're young, you're not expecting to deal with something like that, you're trying to fill a void. And if you don't deal with the root of it, instead, I just felt, felt, felt God, I can't even say, filled the void by partying, drinking, having fun all the time and with other guys, because those guys made me feel like there was a part of me that was missing because literally was taken. So let me just fill that with somebody to give me comfort. And in that comfort, that's how you felt like, okay, well, this is easy, you know, but yeah. Oh my God. If you guys could see Danielle right now on the screen, this is why I'm trying to hold myself up, laughing. Like, but it looks like she has bangs. Honestly, if you guys could see the ratchetness that we do behind, this is why we don't have video. This is why we don't have but video. I've been ratchet I'm, since day one. You know, we're trying to have a nice heartfelt talk here about like trauma and loss. And here we're seeing Danielle with these. Honestly, guys, I can't with her. But I pulled the refiners out on a need to basis. So I know when to tuck it in when I have to. Yeah. So we're just not going to look at her right now. But back to the sex. Yeah, there was sex. There was a little bit more than it needed to be. But it's not like I was just, you know, it was cautious it was being safe and responsible, but at the same time, like it was for the wrong reasons. It was literally for the wrong reasons. And just because, you know, we weren't dealing with the fact that as you heard in the old episode, the, the, I think it was episode three, me and Danielle both lost, I think two years apart, our boyfriends from high school sweethearts and both like fatal and traumatic ways. And 
at that age, what the hell do you know? You don't know how to process that. Most of the time, your parents just like want you to be okay. And there's things that are going through your brain that now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, did I fully deal with that? Like, who knows? You know what I mean? So that's why I'm a big believer in therapy. But obviously, when you're young, you don't think about it, or you can't afford it. But being Mm -hmm. an adult with like, a salary that I can actually go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, geez, if everyone knew to just go and talk to someone and, mm-hmm. and let it all out until you heal, like it's the best feeling ever. But I don't think it was that. I think back in those days, therapy wasn't that uh, popular. No, it was like taboo. Trendy as it is now. Yeah, if you needed a therapist, you had problems. You got to tell people how mentally insane you are because that's the new trend. You got mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's on the therapy tip. <laughs> Yeah. And again, these are things people don't talk about. Like how many times have you seen, I think there's like a joke, like when you meet a guy, what's your number? Okay. I'm going to tell him like three, but like, why do you have to tell him three? And then he can tell you 98, but you're like, yeah, still three. You're and, and actually you're number three, honey, you're special number three. Meanwhile, you're like, shit, let me just remember this number because just in case he asks me again, next time I need to really make sure that I remember I said three and not 28 but i read somewhere that um like when a man asks you your number that's a that's that's a grown boy that's an immature boy because if they're gonna define you based on your past it's like good god (laughs) like if jesus won't even define me based on my past who the hell are you (laughs) exactly and i remember um saying to you guys before it's like literally when they make that car lot analogy, like, would you go and buy a car that you've never test driven? Like when you go to the car dealership and you like a car, you're not just like, yeah, I seen it in a commercial. It was shiny. Pack it up. I'm taking it home. You're usually like, let me test drive. I want to know how does it run on the gas? How does it start up? How does it turn the corner? Like all of this stuff, how, how are the seats heated? Are they going to make me feel cozy? Is the is the bass good in the speakers? Oh, but yet you're going to tell me you're going to go and find a, a wife or a husband or whatever and be like, yes, only you, honey, for the rest of my life. The, you know how many people I've had conversations with in the hair chair where it's like they have been only with their person for their whole life. And it's a very sweet notebook reality of a story. But at the same time, they're mostly the same people who are like, oh God, I can't stand sex. But maybe it's just because you don't know sex. You haven't experienced yourself in a sexual way or the person you're with could not be showing you sex in a way that your body would receive. And now it's just like, you're just in this situation. Meanwhile, it could be brought to such new heights or another thing, like people don't talk about their needs. Like they don't talk about it in relationships. They all just like fake it. Oh yes, honey. Great. Okay. Good night. See you in the morning. Love you. And then literally you're just like, oh my God, that hurt. Or like, oh my God, that was like whack or something. Or like, I wish he'd kiss me more. Or I wish that we had more foreplay, but you don't talk about it. You just sit in it. And then things can come out of that. That ain't so good. Yeah. I was always guilty of sitting in it. Yeah, what's your sexual journey, Denise? Um, well, you know what? I like I I wouldn't do that to my daughter, like looking back with what my mom did to me, but she always like instilled a fear. Like, 
if you go out and you do this, you can't do that because like, these are the diseases. These are everything like, you know, it's kind of like a throw that fear in your face. So it makes you like hold back. Like I wouldn't, I believe in showing children honesty and showing people like being transparent, but not to do it in a way that you instill fear. Mm -hmm. So that's why I ended up losing my virginity and I wasn't even ready, like maybe around 18, no, 18 or 19. Yeah. How did you feel after? Um, well, the circumstances was, I did not like it. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. And one thing about me is my personality. I don't know why, but it's like when I'm, I never like to have sex with people because when I do, I'm not, I'm like the type of person where after I'm done, I get turned off. I get turned off and I walk away mm-hmm. and then they'll start and the guy will start calling and calling and calling and then it'll just make me look at him more in a negative light. Like so, he's a beggars. Yeah, that's how I'll look at it. Like you're a real beggars. You so, tell people <laughs> what a beggars is. Can we please give the definition of beggars? Oh, so a beggars is somebody like a little bit of like a stalker, but a little bit like come Maybe. on, seriously, don't you have don't you have like a life of your own? Why are you being why are you being a first stage clinger? Yeah, like a beggar, yes. like a beggar. The beggar beg- is beggars. Beggars. In the Patois dialect. Yeah. The first stage clinger. So a lot of the times, like I used to be the type of person where I would make, I would drag it along and make a guy wait like for a year of chasing me. Eight, sometimes like one guy chased me for 18 months and I just. Really? Drag- and he didn't lose interest. No. And I would just drag it along, drag it along. But it's so funny. Then I decided at one point I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I set the bar a little bit too high and I need to relax a little bit and I need to just chill out. And guess what happened? I did. I did. I relaxed and I gave in after 48 hours. You know, you know what happened? Oh, no. Now I got to wear a divorce sign on my neck. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was a booty husband who I decided to go and be relaxed with. Right. So I had the standards. I lowered the standards and I lowered it too low till I picked shit. Well, that's very ironic. Fun fact about Denise's um, divorced ex-husband. I remember when we used to go partying and at three, four o'clock in the morning, I'd have to drive her to the middle of the hood to go drop her off for her booty call with him. And she would just make sure I need to make sure I'm really drunk. (laughs) Why did you have to be drunk? And it was cold. One night it was cold. I think went when you look back at it now, those are, those are early indications and signs letting, you know, you know, deep in your heart, that person is not the one for you. You Yeah. Because he could have picked you up instead of me dropping you after the club. Yeah. But guess what? When back in those days, do you look at it as, oh, I looked at it as I don't need to be controlled. I like to have the freedom to do what I want to do. You don't need to pick me up. I'm an independent person, right? There's so many things like, no, I need to be independent, but vulnerable, but nice, but hard. I need to be a little bit of a bitch, but a nice like housewife. (laughs) Holy cow, man. Um, Yeah, that was that was funny. Do you guys remember like where and what happened when you lost your virginity? Isn't it so stupid when you look back at it now? Mine. What? Oh, I wasn't I there? Yes, I was. No, 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 you weren't. I I, I, I was there for someone else's. So Danielle was there for mine. 
Oh yeah. Very I lost painful, my virginity. Painful experience. I wish to not relive. Yeah. For a t-shirt and a oxtail mule. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Tell the listeners what an oxtail. Why is. does West Indian have to be wheeled into everything that we talk about? It's like <laughs> oh, Literally. Oxtail mule in a shirt. Literally. I, I, I can't even explain that one, but just guys know that it happened for a, a box of oxtail and a t-shirt. That was my whole body. Was and it, this brings seasoned, you back. Was it seasoned well? Yeah, it was, it was from a good restaurant. I'm not even going to name the names that were involved, but you know what? My the, purity you know what? was taken for a cow's tail with some it gravy. Was, it was an awful moment in history. I have to tell you. <laughs> it was really. <laughs> and. It just goes to show again, like you really, the moral of the story is like you, we looking back, I don't have any regrets, but I wish that I went into those situations really honoring my body. So even if it was that it was less situations or whatever, you still honored your body. We're there for the experience and like, not just doing it for a reason, like, so I could fit in or so are the, so the guy would think I was the cool girl or so he would like pick me and not like, you know, it was just dumb experiences where it's now it's just like, wow, I would never sell myself short for some oxtail and a t-shirt. <laughs> like It sounds so dumb at 37 years of Don't age. Don't sell yourself short for oxtails. <laughs> <laughs> I need to erase that day. Oh, but like, right yeah, I think Dan, I think you could agree where it's just like, a lot of our stuff, yes. And I think we had so much fun along the way. Like we had so many trips. Denise usually stood in the sidelines. But that's and the thing just I watched. admire about you guys. Like you guys will sit down and say like, oh, you know, if I look back, I would never sell myself short for an oxtail. But at the end of the day, you guys lived moments. Like I did not yeah. live those moments. I was on the sidelines. So it's like me, those, unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not, being proud. I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but my moments were lived in my marriage yeah. during my marriage when it shouldn't have been lived during my marriage, mm-hmm. or my relationships. So I think, I mean, if I would like look back and talk to myself like 20 years ago or so when I was like younger, I would tell myself, Hey, you know what? Go, go for it. Like go and do, you know, have that fun have that fun moment, get it out, get it out of your system, obviously be safe and make sure you live, you live your life in balance, balance and harmony, because not, nothing too extreme, nothing too extreme to the right. Cause at the end of the day, you don't want to go and like lay yourself all over, all over the place because, you know, it's a crazy world these days. And you're picking up not only potentially like to pick up diseases, but as spiritual women, we believe you're picking up, you're picking up people's auras along the way, right? Mm -hmm. You're picking up people's spirits and their energies, right? So a lot of people these days talk about, you know, spiritual alignment, good energy, good vibes. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you got to look at it as who you lay down with. When you get back up, they take a piece of your soul and you take them and you got to walk with them. And then when you see yourself finally in a commitment, you start doing some funky stuff in the relationship because you still have the soul tie connected to the person that you were sleeping with before. Trust me. Do we know know what to like? I actually wish I could go back to the innocence of when I lost my virginity because that to me was my most innocent time. Like the most um, 
what's that word? Like purest time that I approach sex. And I would love to recreate that relationship again with someone. Like when I lost my virginity, we had already been dating for quite a while. Like we didn't sleep together um, right away. We had been dating for like quite a few months. And then we looked on the calendar. We planned the day. I wore red. I wore a red, red outfit. He cooked me dinner. And then remember the body and soul cassettes you could buy on TV? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ordered the body and soul cassettes. And it was just a very innocent, romantic moment. Yeah. Never had that since. Like there's no innocence and in, like build up and lead up for just the men that I've met or the, I guess I can't blame it on the men because it's the experiences that I created with them too. Mm-hmm. But I would just love to go back to that like innocence of like making a big deal about it instead of it just being like, oh, another Monday morning. Yeah. Well, this is where you guys laugh, but in my marriage, I created the sex schedule because, yeah, yeah. and we're going to have a full episode about this. Okay. But the sex schedule is basically there are nights of the week that you know it's the sex night and there's nights where you know it's like a get out of jail free card. And I'm not saying because you don't enjoy it. It's just that some days you're tired and some days you just want to fall asleep without taking a shower. Don't wash your face on the couch while watching movies. And you don't want to wake up to an angry husband who's like, you didn't give me any last night. But it's like, you want those moments to still still feel special. So it's like, I tell him all the time, we can go away to like Prince Edward County for a weekend and swing on chandeliers for the whole weekend and come home and not touch me in the lower regions for a month. And I would be okay because I'm living from the memory of that special weekend we had. When you're married, things become very routine especially if you have kids, very routine and you got to break it up. And if you know that the day is coming, you know, I'm not going to eat like Holly Furtick, great book study, pastor's wife. Don't eat beans the night that you know it's a sex night. Don't. Oh, don't like binge on something. I guess I'm going to starve as a plant-based person. (laughs) Yeah. Like just don't do, because women, we can't have sex if we don't feel sexy. So like if my hair is not washed, if I had a bad breakout, if I'm bloated, if, um, I don't know anything that makes me feel unattractive, or if I've just didn't get dressed up that day, I'm not going to feel sexy and I'm not going to want to have sex. So if you know it's the sex day from that morning, just mentally prepare yourself and do things to feel like your sexiness, you know, like put on some some extra lip color that day, put on a little like cute outfit, keep it up through the day if you have to send each other racy texts. And it sounds routine to people. And some people out there want to be like, oh, no, you didn't shouldn't have to do that. It's your husband. You should love him all the time. Oh, Does that sound like again? Fuck you. Because <laughs> you know what? It doesn't always feel like that. And if your relationship like is, is like that, congrats to you. But they're not all like that. And sometimes you have to schedule it. And in that moment, you're making an intentional effort to be together. And you just know, like, that's it. The whole day is surrounded by sex night. And and if it doesn't happen, cool. And if you have sex on a night that's not for sex, cool. But at the end of the day, you know that there's those days that are committed, just the same way you'd plan a girl's night and the same way you'd plan a book club and the same way you'd plan movie night with your kids. You're planning sex night with your husband. Done. 
I could deal with I could deal with the schedule thing. I, I like I like things structured and very very organized and precise. I don't I don't I don't need nobody slapping a surprise in my face. Slap I um like I've as the one in the group that's never been married. I can still have an opinion about this. And you know what? I think some of the married women will probably give me a lot of flack for this, but I can't understand. And I know people get tired periods. You're pissed off at your husband. There's a lot of issues happening. I don't understand the couples who are like, I haven't had sex in a couple. We haven't had sex for a few years now. Um, Years. I'm, I'm sorry. Like women should realize that men thrive off of sex like it doesn't matter what's going on in life that's one of the main things that they need mm-hmm. and you're if you think that not giving it up for x amount of years is like i just don't see how you think you're keeping your marriage intact by withholding for a couple yes. years and if you're withholding for that many years then you should figure out what's wrong because i just don't think that that's normal and sometimes correct me if i'm wrong it could that's be something for abandonment <laughs> It could be something simple, though. The same way they say we haven't had sex in five years, it could be like, well, he hasn't taken me on a date or bought me flowers or told me he loved me in five years. I know. So, just, and you know what? You're the flower to the. Coop. We're gonna get deep into this in another episode where we talk about sex and marriage, and or sex and long term relationships, or sex and cohabitating, whatever it is. But when you have to have sex with the same person for the next fifty years, it's a whole different ball game because you don't get dressed up the same and you don't put on perfume and you have hair under your arm and your leg, you're not groomed down there. And you're like, are we going to do this? Cause the kids are sleeping. We got 10 minutes. Let's go. So, you know what, we're going to talk about that in another episode, but um, we're going to help you to be creative, but before, cause we could talk about this forever. So before we wrap it up, like what is, what are two takeaways? Like what are two things that you can offer in terms of, improving a woman's sex life like what is two pieces of advice from a married perspective and a single perspective bam and Dan, what are two things a divorce perspective and a di- yeah that's true and a divorce so from a single perspective what can you offer us in terms of spicing it up then denise stop swinging again stop swinging <laughs> i think as a single woman uh, my advice would be if you want to spice it up, it's not about wearing the lingerie and and all that kind of stuff. Spicing it up is like feeling good in your own skin and feeling comfortable because the more comfortable you feel with yourself and the more at ease you are mentally with the choice you're making, like just feeling that you're making this choice and you're free and you're feeling good, you naturally become uninhibited in the bedroom. Like you just feel good and you're in it for the fun and, and you're feeling confident. So naturally the sex is fun and enjoyable because it's like, no holds barred. You're not laying in bed like, oh my God, my stomach, is he looking at my thigh? Oh no, I can't do that. He's going to judge me. It's like, you have to feel good about yourself in order for sex to, to have that spiciness in it. Because you could throw on a sexy lingerie and all you're doing is stiffening up because you're so worried about what he's thinking about your body. I've never, and like, I don't have a flat stomach. I've never had a guy while we're in bed enjoying ourselves be like, oh shit, like, your stomach or like, you know what I mean? Like I've never had someone mm-hmm. deteared because it had some jiggle. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I don't so make an issue about it. Thing. Fill your cup, fill your cup, self-love and confidence and everything else positive will overflow. Look, I don't suck my belly in a so, day. <laughs> Denise, was that, that was that your takeaway as the divorcee? Yeah, that's no, my takeaway, my takeaway is to not be so, um, What's the word? Like, 
when you're kind of like you're stuck in a bad habit, like you're not putting effort Mm -hmm. in terms of like in terms of physically like wax your arms every now and then do something, you know, self-love, that fart, that fart, that fart and And don't fart fart and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't get too comfortable. Yeah. Just because you're married, don't get too comfortable because a lot of women think to themselves, yeah, you know what? I'm married. So he's going to be here for the rest of my life or he's going to never do anything. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Take it from me. I thought that too. I thought, yeah, I was the best, whatever. What can he do? He can't leave me and do nothing to me. And I got comfortable and complacent. That's the word complacent. And it backfired on me too. Is it complacent mm-hmm. so or is it exhaustion? Like, cause I hear a lot of married women, especially with kids say they're exhausted. So do you think that even if you're exhausted, you like Pam does, you carve out that schedule and it makes a difference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's why you need the schedule only? or yes, it's complacency. Like straight up women just get complacent. It's a bit of everything, but again, if you schedule it, you just know on those days, cook dinner earlier, maybe give the kids a melatonin before bed, read, like have bath time with some like oils to make, like you just know that's the day because you would do it for book club. But your spouse should be able to also contribute as well. Mm hmm in order to relieve you from all of the day. Yeah, honey, it's sex. You know, just say, honey, I can't wait to blow you later. Just wash those dishes and I'll get to it real quick. Yeah, he'll get it. He'll wash the dishes quick. But you know? again, too, it's like, it's like an IG society. Like a lot of things that men see on the internet and everything, they think that's the reality. That's how a woman is. Like they'll get up out of bed and they just look fabulous, but they don't understand that, no, that image was three hours of makeup, two hours of hair, they probably have nannies and servants and everybody. So it's like their their um, expectations can be unrealistic at times too. Well, my last point, I guess I can give as a married person before we wrap this up is be open and honest about sexual communication. If you don't like what he's doing, poking the position, if you want him to try something new, if whatever it is, you don't like anything just talk about it and be very detailed don't be afraid to hurt each other yeah don't be afraid to hurt each other's feelings if like anything it is anything you because like i said before you're gonna pretend that you like mushy pasta when he cooks it all the time and then you're gonna be going to east side mario's to get the the other pasta on the side and going home and pretending you like his pasta and that's how people end up in affairs You have to be open and open about what you want, what you need. And not only for sex, we'll talk about this in another episode too, but for everything and needs are the same on both sides, but be open what you want in the bedroom, make it clear and don't be afraid to say what you need. But uh, we will talk about more about needs in other episodes coming, but we hope that you could take something away from our idioticness tonight and our sharing and being real with you guys because this is just how we keep it real and think about it think about the reasons you had sex and the ways and if you need to have a conversation with your husband tonight have that conversation with your girlfriend with your partner whoever or with yourself and think about it and we can't wait to bring more of these crazy talks to you in the next episodes of the hot seat bye-bye bye Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself and can't wait to be with you again next week. 
if you've taken anything away from this today, it's to live, love, forgive, have faith, and always have a glass of wine and your girls. We can't wait to be with you all again next week. See you soon.